Hi, I'm Dave Plisky, and welcome back to For You and For Me, an alternative way to listen to Monsignor Karen Harrington's homilies. We're back in the studio today with Monsignor, but somehow my recording, the beginning of my recording got erased, so I'm just going to intro this by myself and then uh, cue up what comes next with Monsignor. By the way, I'm traveling next week, so the next episode will be released a day late on Wednesday rather than Tuesday. So don't get worried, and we'll get back to the normal schedule, uh, hopefully, the week following. So anyway, this past Sunday was the transfiguration of the Lord. We heard a vision of the glory of the Lord from the book of Daniel in the first reading. St. Peter echoes the sentiment in the second reading. And then in the Gospel of Matthew, we hear the narrative of Jesus being transfigured into a bright light right before Peter, James, and John. Now, here's Monsignor uh, talking about that scene and expounding upon it for us. Off of the mountain, the Lord appears, dazzling, uh, with also Elijah and Moses, of course, the prophetic and priestly images, right? Mm -hmm. So Elijah the prophet, Moses the priest, the lawgiver, uh, and Jesus who combines these and in his one person. So for us, when we take a look at this, uh, this should remind us about Jesus who is both a prophet and a priest. And then, of course, we ask ourselves, why does this happen? Right? Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, meant to be a consolation for the apostles uh, in advance of the crucifixion, right? That's why he, Jesus is warning them at the end to be quiet, not to tell people about this, right? That mm-hmm. there's, it'll be explained uh, at that moment of glory when Christ is, when Christ is glorified. So this is meant to uh, give encouragement uh, to Peter, to James, and to John uh, when they face the crucifixion. But, of course, what do we know? Uh, we know that, in fact, uh, James and Peter, at least, uh, they hide, right? Mm-hmm. The, when the cross comes, even this uh, this moment of glory that they are experiencing too, and, Jesus, and Peter is, of course, very excited about that moment. But when the time comes for Christ is crucified, Peter runs away. Mm-hmm. So uh, that should give us some hope. Now, I think that uh, that should give us some hope that if, if, if Peter uh, was so uh, fallible, uh, the first of the apostles, you know, how patient is Lord going to be with you and with me? And of course, mm. Christ knew all this. So then we take a look at, I think, what St. Paul is, is trying to remind us of. You know, again, faith is a gift that comes to us from God, right? The, Jesus gives a gift to Peter, to James, and to John to see this glory mm-hmm. and reveal this transfiguration. The key is, is that faith is a gift to you and to me. And it's a gift that's not meant simply for ourselves, but rather it's a gift that we're offering to others. That's mm-hmm. why we're called to be a light mm-hmm. by which others are able uh, to uh, to continue to grow in their knowledge and love of God. Do you think that's why uh, Jesus chose that form of light to to reveal himself in that, in that on that day to them? Well, it, it's as, blinding, as... right? So this is the thing. It's a it's a it's a it's overwhelming, is what the scriptures are trying to say. So yeah. I think that to me, that's what's most uh, significant is is that uh, the love that Christ is about to uh, is about to pour out upon the cross for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is overwhelming, and in a in a real way, we're also seeing that this his image is overwhelmingly right. dazzling, uh, and so that's why the the apostles are overcome, mm. right? And they will be overcome again at the uh, cross, and they'll be overcome with the resurrection. That's why each moment uh, there is this uh, there's this epiphany that they each have, right. uh, which brings them into a deeper relationship with Christ. Right. Do we do we read the reading of Daniel sort of as uh, does Christ become this this light form? This, does he transfigure himself be, in order to in some way to fulfill what the prophets have have foretold? Is this, is this is this 
you know, kind yeah. of. Yeah, Daniel is, uh, of course, mystical uh, writing, mm-hmm. right? So the mystic, the mystical prophet, and so we get this. Uh, it's kind of hard to discern. I would say, what is light? Light is uh, we, we light is significant because it's what we walk by. We walk by light. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about what it is like when you're in absolute darkness. Mm-hmm. You're paralyzed. You can't move anywhere, right? You don't know where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. But light enables us uh, to advance and to move forward. And I think that uh, we move beyond the paralysis. And so I think that that's the reason for the imagery of light mm-hmm. is, is it's, it's freedom. It's moving beyond paralysis. It's moving with confidence and surety. Right, right, sure. And so what's the significance of, of uh, Moses and Elijah becoming present there with with, uh, with Jesus at that time. Well, remember that Moses is significant for what reason, right? Moses is significant because he is the one who God converses with face to face. Remember, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. Moses goes up the mountain. Moses speaks with him in the tents. We've been hearing a lot about this in the readings at mass during uh, the week. So Moses converses. The question for us as believers is, do I believe in Revelation on Sinai? This is a significant departure, right? So there are many people who might be, let's say, reformed or uh, reconstructionist Jews who would not believe in Revelation on Sinai. But certainly if you are a, uh, if you're a conservative Orthodox Jew, you believe that God speaks. Now, when God speaks, that demands a reaction. And, uh, and Moses is the one who seeks to put into effect what God has spoken to him, right? And leading the people out of uh, slavery mm-hmm. and going up the mountain, bringing forth the Ten Commandments. This is this is significant to us. Uh, and then what does Elijah represent? Elijah is that prophet who represents the, uh, the best of calling people to repentance. And of course, Elijah also goes, he f- goes up to heaven in a flaming chariot. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's a type of Christ that he's going to come back. In fact, in Jewish homes, uh, during the Passover, there's always an extra seat, one seat set for Elijah the prophet who will return. So Jesus is the one who uh, who embodies both of these traditions, that who mm. is the lawgiver and priest, the one who offers the sacrifice to God, but also the one who calls to repentance mm. and reconciliation. That's why they're significant. And ultimately salvation. Well, why does one repent? Mm. One repents because one is a, a sinner and in need of restoring that relationship with God. And what does the priest do? He offers the sacrifice to God, which is the sacrifice of atonement. So one is about the moral correction of one's life and the changing of one's ways. And the other is about offering God the glory and the honor that is due to him. Right. So this is so when I hear stories like this, it's it's easy to be kind of wowed, right? Like if it, we believe should this, be wowed. I mean, yeah, this is this is a truly an amazing event, right. right? I mean, of course, just even to know Jesus, and yeah, it would have been hard to know at the time. Like, is this really the the Messiah? Okay, these guys, this guy's doing a lot of miracles, and he's he's he's, he's fulfilling the prophecies, and this this seems like the legit thing. But 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 still, tons and tons of people didn't believe, right? That's right. So let so so let's just, let's assume that you have accepted that Jesus is the Messiah, and you're believing at that time. That's an amazing thing to be living during this time, right? Right. But but on top of that stuff like this happens and then you're I mean this is just crazy well this is why our faith is built on the testimony of eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. now the question is is think about this is uh, we call our faith an apostolic faith Mm -hmm. the question about a witness is do you believe the witness's testimony to be credible so this is the key thing right a police when they go out and they seek what are the eyewitnesses testimony what's the what are they saying so you got to know what they've said now the question comes well how do I know that these people are credible well you know how we know the eyewitnesses testimony is credible they offer themselves 
and they were martyred for the faith. Right. That de- demonstrates that if they're willing to die for this, right. that says it must be critical because they have no idea that right. this is, you know, they don't have the 2,000-year-old perspective that we have to say, oh, St. Peter's Basilica is going to be built there. He doesn't, Peter doesn't have that. Right. He has to be convicted that this actually happened. Right. And we have to say, we believe because he has spilled his blood that right. what he has said is true. Right. And this is the challenge for you and for me. And of course, the same for St. James, right? St. James, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, James is the first bishop of Jerusalem. He mm. gives his life, the first of the martyrs, uh, beyond, uh, the first of the apostles to give his life mm. uh, for the gospel. This is significant for us, mm. uh, that the t- eyewitness testimony of these people, yeah. these men, and the fact that they are willing to die right. because of the testimony they have right. given is what is the basis of our faith. Right. I think for me, some, one of the challenges is that uh, I know that I know that the way that the way that the Hebrew people, you know, and and people in, in Jesus' time were writing was very different from from how we write, especially for a historical account, right? Like, well, remember these were basically oral testimonies first, which right. later were recounted. Right. As you move further and further away, certainly the letters from St. Paul are different, but both Daniel and uh, and then later uh, the Gospel of St. Matthew was, a, you know, it was an oral tradition mm-hmm. and then was later committed to writing. Right. But also in the style that they wrote, they would they would often use a lot of symbolism that wasn't necessarily the fact. It was it was in order to express a feeling, right? I, I, for example, the well, use, don't the use uh, of... be careful of saying the key thing is, is the Gospels are the Gospels, all scriptures are inspired by God. It's the Word of God. Yeah, right. So it is all true. Yeah. But you got to think about what is the intention of the author. And right. so the question is, is that's, what that's I mean. the, the key. So certain details of the story are not what the story is about. It doesn't, those, yeah. those are for emphasis or to make right, a point, right, right? right? So there are different types of style, allegory and right. metaphor. So we got to be careful. We know what is the literary style that's being employed. That's what I mean. So yeah, right. So where I'm going with all this is, this is, this is an inspiring story. It, it sounds like it would have been amazing to, to be part of that or to live that time, yeah. at a time. But how, how is this useful for us now? Well, again, so one thing that's important, Dave, is you make the point, say, well, there are a lot of people that didn't believe that, right? So what was the reason why? They didn't believe the testimony of the witnesses was credible, mm-hmm. right? So if, you, if you're a person at the time, you know, Peter could come back and tell you the story, but maybe you don't believe Peter, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't, have a, they don't believe Peter, and then Peter dies. Now Peter gets put to death because of it. Now you may say, well, this guy was really willing to die for this. Maybe there was something to it. Right. I didn't think there was something to it at the moment, but right. maybe they, that's why the church begins to grow, right? It's right. the testimony of these apostles. Right. This, is, uh, this is what is significant, is that the gospels, so the, the, the apostles were so inspired by what Christ had done that they were re- all willing, every one of them, were willing, with the exception of St. John, were willing to shed their blood for Christ. And John would have been willing as well, except uh, he, you know, he was faithful to Christ at the cross. And so yeah. he was spared the, the martyrdom. Right, right. Great. Anything else you would like to, to leave with us? Today? Dave, it's always great to be with you. And just remember that the transfiguration uh, was meant as a sign of encouragement for James and John and Peter. Uh, and the Lord offers us glimpses of his transfiguration every day uh, in those moments where we see God at work, his glory at work in our life. And those are meant to be encouragements for us when we face moments of, of moments of challenge and despair. Right. right. Well, 
Thank you so much for joining me, Monsignor. Great to be with you, Dave. Thank you at home for listening. Um, Help keep us growing. Tell a friend or tweet about the show with the hashtag FYAFM. And better yet, if you haven't yet, rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a big difference. And by the way, uh, I feel very privileged to be in this position to be able to ask you questions about the the readings that we hear. Uh, And actually, you at home have the same ability. So if you you, uh, attend Mass at St. Joe's or anywhere um, and you and you have some questions um, unfortunately the the format of mass is not one where you get to just ask what you want right after the homily but this homily allow, uh, this this podcast allows you to do that so just uh, just tweet at us um, at Monsignor H or you can email me uh, podcast at desalesmedia.org and uh, and I'll ask um, Monsignor next time we're together for you and for me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. For Monsignor Kieran Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by for you and for me.